Observations right off the bat. Why was Antonio Brown in full uniform last night when he obviously wasn't going to play? That seems to be a funny way of avoiding the spotlight. Ain't no freedom, right, AB? If you look at the front page of today's Post Gazette, you got Juju Smith Schuster dancing. Dancing for a bunch of kids and for Charlie Batch, too. It's lit, man. It's lit AF. Juju sure does like to dance. He's loving life. He's living life. He's lit AF. Give us a couple of steps, Spider. I knew a man, Bojangles, and he'd dance for you. Lit AF. This is the Mark Madden Show. Ready for the long holiday weekend. I will be at Schultz Ford Monday in Harmerville. From noon till 2, the number to call right now is 412-333-WXDX or follow me on Twitter at X. This is a day for almost all Pittsburgh football fans to display their abject stupidity. It is across the board. Too many of yins have convinced yourselves that because Josh Dobbs sliced and diced against a bunch of practice squad players in the preseason. He should be the backup quarterback for the Steelers and not Landry Jones. I heard some caller on the B team say that Dobbs is a potential franchise quarterback. Oh, brother. First off, here's a fact. Landry Jones is the backup, period. The only way Dobbs makes the team is as the fourth quarterback. Here's another fact. Dobbs has never played in a National Football League regular season game. The Steelers are all in to win this season. So there is no way the Steelers should go into this season with a backup, whether it's Dobbs or Rudolph. They're not going all in with a backup that's never played an NFL regular season game. They just are not. Landry Jones has played in 19 NFL regular season games, started five, and won three of those starts. He knows the system. That's what matters. Not cockeyed potential or a highlight reel compiled against guys who wind up playing arena ball. I love it when people say, Dobbs is just flat out better than Jones. Dobbs has not even remotely proven that he's better than Jones. Not by any definition, nor by any stretch of the imagination. Dobbs put some decent film together, and good for him. But Dobbs is never going to be a starter in the NFL. Hey, if he's so good, the Steelers should have no trouble trading Dobbs. And maybe they will. But that's his only value to the Steelers. Meantime, you got the same people saying, Landry Jones stinks. And then in the same breath, they should trade Landry Jones. Yo, if he stinks, why would anybody want to trade for him? 
This is a big fuss over nothing. Boy, you Nimrods love to talk about the backup quarterback. It is an endless source of debate. And to quote Bill Murray in Meatballs, it just doesn't matter. 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 Where the Steelers made a mistake was drafting Dobbs last year and then Rudolph this year. They used a fourth and a third on a position where there wasn't need. Not for two, anyway. I understand they see Rudolph as a successor to Ben and allegedly had Rudolph projected as a potential first-rounder. But still, for a good team that had some holes to fill, that's definitely too many picks used on quarterbacks in two years. At least one too many. I'm relatively certain Mr. Roethlisberger would agree with me. In other news, Kutch got picked up by the Yankees. I said years ago that Kutch and Neil Walker would make good Yankees someday. And now, here we are. Uh, That acquisition is obviously in case Aaron Judge doesn't recover from that wrist injury. Hey, good for Kutch. He was extremely mediocre in San Francisco. But maybe the adrenaline of going to a legit contender uh, can get Kutch's adrenaline pumping and make for a strong finish for him and for the Bronx Bombers, although there's no way they're going to catch Boston in the AL East. A wild card is the best they can hope for. Hey, maybe Kutch can finally get a home run in a playoff game, or at least the run batted in. The Yanks are going to be in the wild card game, and Kutch has all that wild card game experience. Not much of it good. Uh, The Pirates lost last night. Their winning percentage is .485 on the year. If that continues to season's end, they will win 78 games. I predicted they would win between 76 and 78 games, so right on the money. Whammy! Colin Kaepernick won a favorable ruling, and his collusion case is going to court. Good. I think the process should play out. And it's another distraction from the actual games, which I am really getting used to and somewhat appreciating. The big contracts just keep getting signed. Our buddy Aaron Donald of Penn Hills and Pitt finally got his long-term money from the Los Angeles Rams. Six years, 135 mil, 87 mil guaranteed. He gets a $40 million signing bonus. Uh, Donald said the goal was to retire his mom and dad. Mission accomplished, I would think. Mom drove a school bus. Dad recycled tires. Wonder if they still live in Penn Hills. If so, I'm thinking, not for long. It reminds me when uh, I worked at the Post-Gazette. And one of the truck drivers was Dan Marino's dad, Big Dan. And I remember when Dan Marino signed his first real big contract with Miami. Like, you know, everybody gets the entry contract, but then the second contract of your stud is money out the wazoo. And Dan on that second deal got money out the wazoo. 
So I used to always leave the back way because that's, that's where I parked my car. And as I'm walking to my car, I see Big Dan coming in for work. And I go, Mr. Marino, I didn't think I'd see you here today. He shakes my hand and says, you won't see me here tomorrow. That was it. Big Dan retired and, if memory serves, uh, moved to Florida. Uh, Big Dan was a good guy. Little Dan, good quarterback, good guy in his own right. But I I really enjoyed those years working with uh, Big Dan, running into him on occasion down at the Post-Gazette. So congratulations to Aaron Donald and his family. Uh, He's definitely one of the good guys. You know, I figured he would always get that big money. I am kind of shocked it took him so long. I was surprised when the L.A. Rams made him stand in line behind a bunch of other people, including Brandon Cooks, the receiver, who they just got. But as long as you get it, I don't suppose it matters when. And and, uh, Aaron Donald, I'm sure any football fan would agree, is extremely well-deserving. At 3.30, he is already within radar range. He is Steelers all-time great Craig Wolfley. Then at 4.30, we'll start Hockey Talk with the great Josh Yoey. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. You're kidding me. That's ridiculous. You know what? I'm going to skip right to my original thought and just say, this is stupid, you're stupid, thanks for calling. The X at 105.9. Jalen Ramsey keeps getting better and better, the Jacksonville cornerback. Now he says Gronk isn't very good. He says when Gronk's covered by premier cornerbacks, that uh, his stats are less. The problem is that's not true at all. His stats are pretty consistent no matter who covers him. And Jalen Ramsey also said, swear to God, if he skated for six months, he could play in the NHL. A, I'd like to see him try hockey. And B, I'd like to see him shut up. Tony Dungy said on Twitter that Jalen Ramsey needs to understand He's an active player. He's not in the media. He doesn't need to critique every single player in the league just yet. Truer words, uh, never spoken. Uh, I want to get to the, the quarterback talk because it is pervasive. It's all over the place in Pittsburgh. And I want people to call up and tell me why you think they should cut Landry Jones and keep Josh Dobbs because that's the storyline I've heard all over Pittsburgh radio today, and I've been getting a lot of tweets at me. Oh, fat ass. Dobbs is better fat ass. They should cut Landry Jones fat ass. But you can't make a logical argument why, and that's because there is no logical argument why. Now, if you want to take your limited speaking skills and subpar intelligence and call up and tell me a logical argument why Dobbs should be kept as the number two, ahead of Landry Jones, I dare you. I double dare you. I double dog dare you. 412-333-WXDX. But that logical argument just does not exist. Uh, somebody said that Dobbs was once in the position Jones was, and the Steelers took a chance on Jones. Yeah, except Jones was the third string guy in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Not the backup, but the number three, because he didn't know the system. Uh, But then Ben got hurt, Mike Vick soiled the bed, and Jones, who knew the system by then, 
went out and proved himself, at least at a number two level. If they had room for Dobbs as the third stringer, then the situations would be similar and might well turn out the same way, but because of Mason Rudolph, they don't. So, call and tell me why Dobbs should be the number two quarterback. Because there just isn't a logical argument to be made, but uh, that won't stop you. Actually, it might, because I expected the phone lines to be ringing off the hook, but they're not. Because you know I'm right and you're wrong. You know I'm smart and you're stupid. And you just know there's nothing behind a campaign for Dobbs to stay and Jones to go except for skewed fanboy optimism. Now, here's the headline in the Post-Gazette today about this situation. Dobbs puts on show, but it's likely to be his final one as a Steelers quarterback. That's the headline, and that is also all the people need to know. We're going to have Josh Owen at 4.30. Penguins training camp starts two weeks from today. I ran into Phil Bork yesterday, the old 2-9er. And we both agree that we really like how the Penguins look on paper. But you know what's got to happen? And Josh and I are going to talk about this. The players can't have any influence on the line combinations. For example, it seems like Sidney Crosby wants to skate with Dominic Simone. If that happens, none of the other lines fit together logically. It just doesn't work. Anyway, Josh Joey joins me at 4.30. That's assuming he shows up on the right day this time. And he will be forced to talk about the quarterbacks. Well, here's a neat stat just got tweeted out. Andrew McCutcheon, of course, picked up by the Yankees. McCutcheon hasn't done much during the few times that he's played against the Red Sox. He's a career 147 hitter against Boston with five hits and 34 bats over nine games. He just has one homer that in 2017. Uh, well, that's a lot like his... Playoff stats for the Pirates, except he never had even one home run. No, I think Kutch is going to help the Yankees just because if Judge can't come back. And when I heard he broke his wrist and they said he'd be back in three weeks, I said, boy, he must be uh, bionic because that's an awful short recovery period. But uh, Kutch is a good hand to have. As, uh, in this case, your fourth outfielder or your insurance against injury. So that's a good move by the Yankees and a good luck to Kutch. Let's hope he makes the most of it. Let's go to Ryan in the car. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Just calling about uh, Landry Jones versus Dobbs. If the Steelers are a six-win team without Ben, why would it really matter? I mean, I could care less who they keep Jones or Dobbs, but... You know, well, bro, it, all, it always matters. I mean, you're trying to win as many games as you can, so it always matters. But it matters more because they're all in to win a championship this year, and your backup can't be a guy who's never played a regular season game. He just can't be. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, either way, if Ben goes down early, the Steelers' season is a long road. Yeah, but if Ben goes down early, you don't just roll over and die. You've got to give yourself the best chance, and that best chance is with Landry Jones. 
Now, let's say Ben gets hurt, but it's for like three games. Okay, you lose all three of those games, you're done. If Landry Jones plays and, you know, wins one or two, he keeps you in it. And I have a feeling if that circumstance arose, Landry Jones would do exactly that. Whereas Josh Dobbs, he's in there with real bullets flying for the first time. He's learning on the go. You know what? You you brought up a good point inadvertently earlier. If you were a six-win team, you could do it because you'd be trying to build potentially for the future with Josh Dobbs. But, but Josh Dobbs ain't got nothing to do with their future. That's Mason Rudolph. Landry Jones is their present as a backup. There's just there's just no role for Josh Dobbs on the Steelers, no matter how well he did on the exhibition game. Jones knows the system too. That was the, that's my call is the only reason to say that's the only reason I could think to keep Dobbs over Jones. That's it. What what reason's that? You just described a reason to keep Jones. Well, no. If, if someone was arguing for Dobbs over Jones, it would be like if you were stuck as a six win team. Then, you know. Okay, that's the third time you said that. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Tony in the car. Tony, you're on with Mark. Real quick. Finally, a sensible point of view. Up next, and we are, seriously, I hope Wolf didn't have a big meal for lunch because we're going to talk quarterbacks till we puke. Uh, well, no, we're going to talk about other stuff, too, because I think Wolf's, Wolf knows, like I do, where that bread is buttered. It's all-time Steeler great Craig Wolfley up next here on 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. A lot of funny stuff has no taste, like, for example, this show. No, I just wanted to say how funny that was. Now I'm going to cut you off before you can make a joke. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, you hear him on the sidelines during Steeler broadcasts on DVE. He is an all-time Steeler great. We welcome Craig Wolfley. Wolf, the quarterback debate is frenzied, but like we said last week, it's a done deal. There's no way the Steelers don't want Jones as their backup, is there? No. I mean, look, the, the important thing is you got to have a guy that can walk out there in the middle of a game uh, when, when, when seven, if seven, God forbid, would go down. You got to have somebody that can walk into the huddle immediately, able to quell all the butterflies, everything else flying around. It might be a third and 10 in the fourth quarter. Well, you got to have somebody that doesn't stammer in the huddle and gets everybody's rapt attention right away and leads them. And part of that is having been there, done that. Done that. There's a reason that you keep guys like Charlie Batch around. Charlie was rock solid. He'd walk into any situation, and you know you got a guy right there who can light it up or get the job done according to the game plan. And that's one of the reasons that you do carry a Landry Jones. Now that said, Josh Dobbs was very good last night. Uh, can Dobbs play in the NFL, Wolf? And do you feel like he could even eventually start? There's no question in my mind that he can play in the league. One of the things we did, I, I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to interview Josh at the end of the game. And the conclusion of that, I remember saying to him, well, the beauty of it is you know you can play in this league. You've demonstrated you're capable in this league. And if you're on the Carolina Panthers last night, you got to be looking across the field going, that kid out there is better than anybody short of Cam Newton on this side of the, uh, of the field. So you look at a guy like Josh Dobbs, his feet, his legs, his ability to make chicken salad out of chicken doo-doo when things were going the wrong way, um, that's a real positive, a real plus. Now, having said all that, he's still untried in a regular season game. And you got to always consider that because things tend to change as soon as they game plan and as soon as they've got a book on you. And when, you know, guys can fill in for one, two, three games. But when they, you start to play four or five games, they get a book on you and they know these defensive coordinators, they're not dummies. They're there for a reason. 
Well, you, you talked about uh, Dobbs's improvisational skills, which were certainly on display last night. But that's not what you're looking for with a backup quarterback, is it? Nobody goes into the game writing up uh, game plans with plays that says improvise, okay? <laughs> that's right. That's He's improvising because things have already gone south, whether it's a fumbled snap or somebody didn't run the right route or there's a, a blown uh, linebacker pickup. And a lot of that is because of the guys you got in there in that game on both sides too, isn't it? Right. There's no question. So you're going to have the manifestation of screw-ups out there, and such as <laughs> you did. You know, but what I loved about it was Josh showed that composure, and you only get that composure by getting reps, and you only get those reps by being good enough to hang around long enough, a la Landry. Now, what do you like about Landry Jones as a quarterback? We've talked about his experience and his cool, which suits him for the number two spot. But in terms of mechanics and execution, what do you like? Well, I, I like because he's been there, done that now, and he's proven he can win games. Now, he then had to win a lot of games because, thankfully, you got a franchise quarterback who does not seem to need to, to, to be able to have to come out uh, very few games. I mean, he gets the job done. So Landry, what I like, you can plug and play. He knows the system. He knows the code words. He knows the tendencies. Uh, he's able to execute. And I'll, I, I know a lot of people get frustrated because they, they had such huge expectations when he came here. You know, they said, oh, he has this high percentage of completion and everything else. And then Landry struggled through his first camp. But, you know, he got better and better each and every year. And now you've got that, that veteran that you have that you want to keep. If, if you've got the window for a Super Bowl opportunity, you don't want to just, you know, in, inject new blood if you've got to if you something go gamble. wrong. You no, you don't, that's it. You, know, you don't want to roll the dice on that. You've got the opportunity right now with a Super Bowl window. And Ben says, I want to be around for the next three to five years. Okay. Well, in that case, you know, you keep a veteran because you have a shot at the big one. Now, I'm not sure last night changed too much for, for too many players, Wolf, but what about this Ola Adani, an outside linebacker? He's had a couple strip sacks, and if he makes the team, he's the fourth guy, he'd probably get some snaps. There's no question. Now, the question you got to ask yourself is how good is he on the special teams? Because what you're going to do is you're going to pay rent on special teams. Right. you got to pay your way onto that team, so the way you do it is you're, you got to have that special team ability, and so I think he's pretty capable in that area. Look, one of the things that I love about this kid is that he's got this uncanny knack to rush the passers we've all seen. You know, a lot of people, I've heard the commentary, oh, you know, 92, James Harrison. You know, the 92 means nothing. What is interesting is when you watch his body movements and his ability to isolate the up shoulder or the outside arm of the offensive tackle and get around that corner and turn the guy like a turnstile, then accelerate to the quarterback. A lot of guys can beat a guy in a pass rush, but from the time that they disengage to the time they get to the quarterback, it might be, you know, all day. This kid gets off the block and gets to the quarterback, and that's a rare gift. And one of the things he does so well is attacking the hands and arms of the offensive tackle. He doesn't become a helmet magnet. He doesn't run down the middle of a guy and then get stuck there as he's wrestling with a 350-pounder. He makes that 350-pounder have to move and then gets on the outside third of him, trap that hand, get to the backside, and all of a sudden it's it's a big play. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world, no. but he kind of gets under the blocker a little bit. Like you said, as long as you can do that and disengage pretty quickly, maybe that doesn't hurt as much as it might normally. No, it doesn't. That's you're, you're exactly correct. Look, one of the things that James Harrison made so obvious was his ability to use his 
his lack of size as, as an advantage, his leverage. He was able to leverage with his great strength, being able to get underneath these guys and create a real problem for him. Ola does the same thing, and he is very, very interesting to watch because this kid is um, unique in his capabilities of, of attacking an offensive tackle. So right now I'm not ready to say, hey, this kid is the best pass rusher on the team, but right now he's, he's looking pretty good as far as what he's put on tape. We're talking to Craig Wolfley here on 105.90X. Uh, okay, Wolf, what have you heard? When's Lev Bell going to show up? Will he be in uniform week one at Cleveland? Because the comments by James Harrison on, on Fox Sports have kind of reignited uh, people wondering. It does make you wonder. I, you know, I don't know because the first thing you hear is some of the guys say, oh, it's like last year. He's going to come in on Labor Day. Labor Day, of course, is Monday. Monday is a day that, you know, you get that extra day. So you think, okay, that's a good day to report. But then he tweets out and says it's fake news, that he didn't tell anybody that. So I don't know. I mean, literally, not. I don't think anybody really knows, although I would say this. Mike Tomlin might have just called and said, hey, Lev, let us know because we have to make decisions based on whether or not you're going to report on Monday or you're going to report on Tuesday or you're not going to report at all. So I would think there are some backdoor channel, uh, back channel communications that, that might occur. I, I would think so, too. Uh, and I just can't believe he would pass up a game check of that volume, 855 k but but you don't know. I mean, he's he's certainly crossed us up more than once in the past. Now, regardless of when he reports, he's obviously you know pretty late. Right. Do you expect him to start slowing in this year because of that? Because he did last year. He did last year. His first three weeks were were nothing uh, to write home about for such a guy with such incredible talent. Look, and, and in his not opener. awful, not awful. No, he's. Just, just, Never awful. You know but, what? They were bad enough, though, that they were a drag on his stats for the entire year. Well, think about this. Uh, when when he became Lev Bell, and I know he rushed for 144 yards against uh, the Ravens in the in the fourth game, but he still didn't look like himself. When we went to Kansas City, he looked like Lev Bell. Okay, uh, the Steelers were three and two at that point. It's not like they were running away with the division. They were still, you know, getting mucking through what was roughly, uh, you know, uh, uh, 500 uh, football and, until that point when he started to get on uh, the, being the guy that he, he, you know, everybody considers, considers him to be. So with him, I would think, I'm hoping that he gets a faster start, but I'm not that worried about it because I think, you know, if you go, if, if, like his last year's opener, he had, what, 10 carries for 32 yards, he had three catches for 15 yards. James Conner can do numbers bigger than that right now, you know? And so if he needs a break, if he needs a little time, that's I'm, I'm okay because I think James Conner has proven that he's capable, willing, able, and ready to go. We, we touched on this last week, Wolf, but Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated says the Steelers are going to use three safeties. I'd like that, and I respect, you know, Andy's reporting, but boy, they didn't do that very much in the preseason, did they? No, but they're not going to show a lot of that. You know, you're not sure what they're going to come out with based on what they see, what defensive coordinator wants to to put out there. We're going to see coming up with Cleveland and and find out. I mean, let's face it. Todd Haley has a very intimate working knowledge of the Steeler organization. Same way, Keith Butler has a pretty intimate working knowledge of what Todd Haley brings to the offense. So this is going to be something where I don't think they've shown anything about what they're really planning on doing yet. Do you feel like the Steelers are ready? Do you feel like the preseason delivered on everything it was supposed to? 
I think pretty much it never goes as planned. I mean, you always have some things that you you wonder about, and you know you'd like to get a, a longer look at some guys. But right now, you know, I, I think Ben is is probably about ninety percent ready. You know, I mean, you saw that's what you saw in the game. How do you overthrow Jesse James? It takes a little work to overthrow <laughs> a six-seven guy, but at the same time, uh, he still made the throws that he needed to make, and you know he's capable at any time of pulling himself together and ripping it up with a great performance. So I'm not worried. I think he's fine. The offensive line looks like they're great. The defensive line, uh, I think where they're really wondering is, you know, I mean, T.J. Watt, okay? We haven't seen anything out of T.J. this whole preseason. Bud Dupree, we saw some promising signs. Uh, defensively speaking, we saw some great performances. We saw some not-so-good not performances. So it's been a little bit up and down, but I think week one will answer a lot of questions. Uh, well, if we are truly in the era of the big contract, uh, a lot of guarantee money flying around. Today, uh, Aaron Donald from Penn Hills and Pitt got a six-year extension worth 135 mil, 87 mil guaranteed, 40 mil as a signing bonus. Those are crazy numbers. I'm not going to say it's not well-deserved because I think he's the best defensive player in football, but those are crazy numbers. Those are crazy numbers. They are incredible numbers. And you consider people... Say to me, I've heard many times in the past, what do you think Joe Green would have earned today? There you go. <laughs> right, because Aaron I mean, Donald is a is kind of a 2018 equivalent to Joe Green, isn't he? I have no doubts about it. Look, you see Aaron. I see Aaron a number of times. I saw him working out over in the pit side of the of the facility and, and watching him. I've watched this kid since he was in Penn Hills. and It was funny because you knew he's the one guy when I was doing the high school game of the weeks that I, that I did make the comment, you might see him on Sundays. And lo and behold, um, that's exactly what's happening. And he has manifested himself to be a great player. Now remember, he's only 275. He's not one of these 300, 310, 350. 15-pound guys. He's 275. He takes on the double team. He splits the double team. He pass rushes uh, from the three technique, extraordinarily so. He's got the quickness, the strength, and he's got the desire to get there. And I tell you, that's exactly what Joe Green manifested. And people who say, well, Joe Green couldn't apply. Are you kidding me? If you had Joe Green grew up, grew up in this environment, you know he'd be all no over question. the weight training. No question. Exactly. G- given, given the... Uh... The, the technology available for training, the nutrition, right. everything that Joe would have been subject to, he would have been every bit the mean Joe Green he was back then, and and maybe even a, a bit better. I'm really happy for Aaron Donald. You made an interesting uh, allusion. You talked about when you covered high school games. Uh, I covered high school football for years for the Post-Gazette, and it was funny because it didn't happen often, but every once in a while I would see a guy and just know right. he was going to play in the league. And, and that was uh, the first high school game I ever covered Dan Marino was the quarterback for Central Catholic, <laughs> so so I got spoiled immediately. I said, okay, he might make it. Uh, I saw Bill Fralick play for Penn Hills. Yep. I said, okay, he's good. One guy that didn't make it, but, but it wasn't because he wasn't good enough, was Brian Davis. Remember him? Wash High, played at Pitt, just, just kind of, you know. Uh, I've heard the name. I can't yeah, remember. He, he, his... he, he flunked out at Pitt, and those were that was back in the days where you know, you were if you didn't get through college, you weren't you know going right. to get the shot you should anyway. Although I think he played briefly for the Browns, and believe it or not, Mark Bulger, I saw Mark Bulger throw the ball for Central. I said, okay, this kid. I mean, I could hear the ball. I was on the sideline. He could throw. Yeah, oh, just 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 he could whistle that thing, man. Now uh, we will talk more about Cleveland next week. But are the Browns better? It seems like they should be better. You know, I I not good, right? But better. Better. Now, one of the things that you see is Greg Williams has got some uh, 
bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, wild-haired guys playing yes. on defense. And that's where I think the manifestation of better is really kind of coming from. And I think the Pulse in Cleveland, everybody, of course, is a little wild. They get a win, you know, a two and whatever it is in preseason they've got. Um, certainly, you think they're going to be better. Now, again, um, defensively speaking, that Miles Garrett is a serious pass rusher. Yes. This guy, this guy is going to be a serious problem. Kirksey at linebacker is another guy. Um, so I think they're going to be better, but I don't believe that they're better enough. Who, who would you start a quarterback, Taylor or Mayfield? Um, Right now, uh, that's something for Todd to go. You know what I mean? I you, you hate to put the rookie out there in a home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'd like to have. I'm always that guy that I, I enjoy the veteran presence because at least then you think they're going to get the call straight and they're going to make the best of it. I think so, too. And, and also because Tyrod Taylor's not chopped liver. He led Buffalo to the playoffs last year. You get Buffalo in the playoffs, you don't stink. No. There's, there's no question. And I, I look at Tyrod Taylor and the one thing he's got. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. SG, hola, good sir. Hola. Hey, Mark, how you doing? My solution is give me my cake and eat me too. The X at 105.9. I have red hot sports media news. Pat McAfee has quit Barstool Sports. He, he posted something on Twitter where he said he was being disrespected by the business people. The deals were being made behind his back. So Pat McAfee has quit Barstool Sports. This is a blessing in disguise for Pat because uh, his style had gone overboard in the nature of Barstool Sports. And now hopefully he t- turns his attention to real media and establishes a real career for real, steady, long-term money. Or, better yet, he should go back and punt for a couple years and put together 10 or $12 million. Uh, I love Pat. I wish him well. I knew it would work out for him with Barstool because it just won't with Barstool and legitimate people, which Pat is. 412-333-9939. Is the number to call, or you could follow me on Twitter at Mark Madden No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com. We got high school football tonight in Western Pennsylvania. Shaler Area High School, which won last week, is favored this week over Kiski Area, according to the Post Gazette. Favored, I tell you. What if Shaler goes to 2-0? It's a world gone mad. Turned upside down. Mike White wrote today in the Post-Gazette that player participation in high school football dropped in PA for the ninth consecutive year. But more kids still play high school football than any other scholastic sport. That's typical of football. It's still very popular, just not as popular. Uh, staying with high school football, good luck to Coach Jim Render tonight. Uh, Upper St. Clair hosts Peters Township. And Coach Render is looking for career win number 400. Uh, only 23 other coaches have done that nationally. And Coach Render certainly deserves such rarefied air because he is the very best of what high school football coaching has to offer. I hope uh, Jim gets number 400. Goes on to win the Whitfield and State titles this year. And then quits and puts all the jag-off millennial parents in his rearview mirror. 
That's for his sake. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, and I apologize if you already covered this. Uh, wouldn't the right question be not, I mean, obviously Landry's number two, but wouldn't the right question be between number three and number four? Are they not both a sunk cost at this point? Uh, thank you. Uh, Mason Rudolph was seen as the successor to Ben. And nothing Josh Dobbs did against a bunch of guys who were going to be playing arena ball in the not-too-distant future did anything or should do anything to dissuade the Steelers from that notion. Josh Dobbs is just some ham and agger. He's not ever going to be a starter in this league. All y'all overreacting because you talk about the quarterback position too much and you think you understand it and football and the Steelers when the reality is you understand none of the above. And you know what? You're real brave and funny and insulting on Twitter, but you won't come on the show and tell me why Dobbs should make the team ahead of Landry Jones because there is no logical argument. There just isn't. Uh, Birthday wishes. Happy birthday to Reb Beach, the official guitar player of the Mark Madden Show. 55 years old today and still rocking. Reb doesn't get enough credit here in Pittsburgh. He's definitely the most accomplished instrumentalist in Pittsburgh rock music history. The guy's a virtuoso. And in terms of career accomplishment, the only rockers in the same class are Donnie Iris and Brett Michaels. All friends of the show, I might add. This program could put together one heck of a band. Anyway, happy birthday to Red Beach, and uh, you could check out some career highlights. I posted some videos on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, here I go again from Whitesnake, Tooth and Nail from Dawkin, and of course 17 from Winger, as well as a couple takes on an instrumental Reb did that just shows off his virtuosity. It's really quite amazing. Check that out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Let's go to Kevin and Cranberry. Kevin, you're on with Mark. Kevin, you're on with Mark. Okay, Kevin, in the uh, in the call to the screener said he never recalled Landry Jones looking better than Dobbs did last night. So since he couldn't follow through, since his testicles refused to drop when he had a chance to go one-on-one with the great one, I will tell you that it doesn't matter how Dobbs looked last night. It just doesn't. That was against arena ball players, Canadian Football League players, practice squad players, guys who would be bagging groceries inside of a week. Landry Jones has played 19 NFL regular season games and started five and won three of those. And nothing Josh Dobbs could do in preseason was going to enable him to beat out Landry Jones. And if you tell me that that pretty much confirms that preseason is insignificant, thank you. I've been saying that for how long? You finally get it. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to go over some tweets I got about the Steelers quarterback situation. That's 30 seconds away on 105.9.